You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. is Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. We're counting them down. It is Wednesday of the final week. Uh, we've already got one game in progress, so not even five full days of baseball left in the regular season. But, uh, of course, every day, every game counts for us right now. So uh, going to take a look ahead uh, at uh, some players to think about using this weekend. I'm going to take a look at the players who... Uh, Made an impression in Tuesday's games uh, and a lot more. Uh, and, and obviously uh, going to be having some injury updates as well. Those are going to be critically important for us, uh, particularly those of us in daily lineup leagues. Uh, so before I get to any of that, though, uh, just a few programming announcements. Uh, so here I am. It is Wednesday. I will be back on the show uh, on Friday. Uh, that's how I've been doing it for the last few weeks, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, next week, of course, season ends Sunday. Next week, I'm taking a week off. So there are going to be no fantasy baseball hour shows uh, for the first week of the offseason or uh, postseason, excuse me. Um, next week, no shows. So I will be here on Friday. One last chance to help you out this season. I will be gone next week, uh, but we'll return the following week, and uh, I should have uh, more of an update for you on Friday's show in terms of uh, when I uh, plan to be doing this show uh, during during the postseason and off season. Uh, how often, uh, when you can expect to see those shows come out. So I'll uh, get you up to speed on that as soon as possible. The other programming announcement, uh, Friday show, really looking forward to this because uh, it's been a while, it's been a few weeks, but Matt Modica will make his return to the Fantasy Baseball Hour uh, this Friday. So really looking forward to having Matt back on the show. Okay, let's get to the news and particularly to some uh, injury updates. Uh, Chris Bryant bruised uh, his, uh, I believe it's his wrist actually, uh, my bad for not uh, leaving this in my notes and I have to go on my, my very sketchy memory. Uh, but yeah, hit by a pitch uh, on Tuesday night by Chris Archer. Had uh, x-rays, and uh, they came back negative. He definitely will not be in the Cubs lineup on Wednesday. Um, so we're going to have to just be, uh, and it was, yes, it was his left wrist um, for Chris Bryant. So we'll just have to uh, check back in. Uh, you'll be on your own Thursday since I'm not doing a show for Thursday. Uh, but see uh, how soon he returns uh, back to the, uh, to the Cubs lineup. Uh, Carlos Correa is playing on Wednesday. He will be in the Astros lineup as the DH. So his his first appearance in uh, roughly a week. Uh, so he'll be DHing and batting third against the Blue Jays and Sean Reed Foley. Uh, that's actually an afternoon game. Uh, so that one, perhaps by the time you're listening to this, maybe that one's even underway. It's going to be uh, Davinsky and Reed Foley, a uh, 407 Eastern uh, first pitch there at Rogers Center. And again, Carlos Correa will be in the lineup. A couple of Yankees updates. Uh, people have been wanting to know about this. Uh, so I do have the latest on uh, both Aaron Hicks and Didi Gregorius. 
And MLB.com reports that uh, Aaron Boone says that uh, uh, Aaron Hicks had an MRI and it did not reveal uh, a tear, which is great news, uh, but he is still likely to be out for a few days. And again, with five days left in the season, that doesn't really leave much time uh, for Hicks to be back. So I had somebody on Twitter ask me if uh, Hicks was droppable in the 10-team mixed league. I, in fact, did own Hicks in my 10-teamer and dropped him, uh, I think, uh, a few days back. So, yeah, I think, you know, given this timetable, uh, you can move on for Hicks if you've got somebody that you really uh, want or need to pick up. Didi Gregoris, on the other hand, uh, now, for something like a 10-teamer, uh, I, I'm not sure how viable he is anyway, but uh, certainly in you know, a standard league, like a 12-team mixed league or anything deeper, you, you might want to use Didi Gregorius if he's healthy. And uh, he fielded some ground balls on Tuesday, uh, did not throw, however. Nonetheless, that, it, this surprises me, given that he didn't throw on Tuesday, and that also there's this report from Yes Network that... Um, the Yankees are concerned, even more concerned about his batting than his throwing uh, due to the wrist injury. And yet the part of that same report is that Gregorius could be back as soon as Thursday. So uh, he'll need to get medical clearance uh, on Wednesday. So, you know, it's just that that's really the best case scenario would be a Thursday return for Didi Gregorius. Uh, should know something, I would think, by the end of Wednesday. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes and ears open regarding that. Dansby Swanson's dealing with uh, a hand uh, and wrist injury, and uh, the Braves uh, say, uh, or they told MLB.com, that uh, Swanson did have an MRI, but that the results won't be known until sometime later on Wednesday. Uh, And again, that is today. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not looking that great for uh, for Dan Swanson. I know there's some concern there that uh, he may be out for a while. Aaron Sanchez had surgery on his finger on Tuesday. He is expected to be uh, ready to return for spring training, according to the Toronto Sun. And in another Blue Jays update from the Toronto Sun, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is out for the season with uh, a hamstring injury. So uh, Aaron Sanchez and Lourdes Gurriel, they are done for the year. Shohei Otani, of course, still uh, still hitting, still DHing, uh, but finally we do have word uh, that he's definitely having Tommy John surgery, and he is definitely having it next week. No big surprise there. Uh, you know, he's been in the lineup. Uh, he's been very valuable as a, as a hitter to the Angels. Uh, so, you, you know, by delaying this, you know, a, a couple of weeks, um, it, probably not affecting his timetable significantly uh, in, in preparation for next year as a DH. But um, you know, obviously not going to not going to pitch next year, uh, Shohei Otani. That's something we've we've already known. Uh, so that report from Fabian Ardaya from uh, the Athletic. And uh, by the way, uh, I, I've been very sort of uh, curious about how uh, Otani has been uh, valued in these uh, two early mock drafts that I've been ter- participating in. I did take him uh, with the 127th overall pick. In my particular uh, league, and I was sort of surprised he lasted that long because he's just been really good as a hitter. Uh, and uh, turns out that my league was uh, out of the uh, nine leagues that are participating. Uh, he went the second latest in my league. So in other leagues, he's been going 
among uh, not all of them, but in some of them, he's been going within the uh, top 100 uh, players overall. And in three of them, three of the nine leagues, he was actually drafted uh, in the top 80 overall. So just to give you a very, very early, or uh, to use the the name of the league, a too early look at where you might expect Shohei Otani to go next year, uh, you know, you may have to uh, move a little bit early, uh, you know, again, as in top 80 pick uh, to get Otani uh, to use him as a hitter next year. Avisal Garcia, according to the uh, Sun-Times, is going to have arthroscopic surgery on his right knee on October 2nd, so right after the season. Um, he's known this for a while, and uh, his knee has bothered him all season long. So uh, it's not uh, apparently been hurting him too much. He did homer on Tuesday. Uh, I believe he's got a five-game hitting streak, so he's, he's doing fine. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to have that uh, knee surgery uh, right after the season ends. A big milestone for Max Scherzer on Tuesday. Got his 300th strikeout. He now has 300 strikeouts even for the season. Uh, he uh, racked up 10 of them against the Marlins in seven innings of work on Tuesday. And uh, so not, it's his first 300 strikeout season and uh, breaks his previous high of 284 from two seasons ago. So great season, of course, uh, for Max Scherzer. As anticipated, the Mets activated David Wright on Tuesday. He did not play. Uh, on Tuesday night, uh, he is still, however, uh, slated to start for the Mets on Saturday uh, as a, a farewell game for him. And earlier on Wednesday, the Blue Jays announced that John Gibbons will not be returning for manager uh, for 2019. Uh, and uh, so search will be underway. And I did see one report, uh, and I believe it was Bob Nightingale, uh, who said that Stubby Clapp was a, uh, a potential uh, candidate to uh, be considered for that position. So that, that's interesting. All right, well, let's uh, take a look at the weather forecast because there are a couple of games that could be affected by weather as you're, uh, you're uh, figuring out your, your daily league lineups. We've got the, uh, well, first of all, we've got the ongoing game, uh, first game of a doubleheader between the Orioles and the Red Sox at Fenway Park. Uh, no weather issues right now, but by first pitch of the uh, second game, which is scheduled for 7-10 tonight, Eastern Time, uh, 41% chance of precipitation and rising uh, throughout the, the night there in Boston. So um, that's, uh, I know the Orioles did not yet name a starter for that one. Could be a Jimmy Yacobonis, but um, given that their uh, starter for uh for the first game didn't even make it through the first inning uh, you know i suppose that uh Jacobo's, in fact i'm gonna check right now and see if uh no he's not in the game just yet the game is actually still uh just in the uh just going to the top of the third inning right now uh but their starter uh ryan meisinger didn't even make it out of the first inning just got one out and allowed uh was charged with five runs uh so Anyhow, uh, so I digress because the issue here isn't so much who the Orioles are planning on starting. It's whether the Orioles starter will even get a chance tonight uh, to, to take the mound uh, for the Red Sox. It's, it's scheduled to be Chris Sale. So that's obviously, uh, <laughs> that would be a bigger deal. So that that's one to uh, to keep an eye on. And also Jacob deGrom scheduled to go tonight. But uh, you know there's been a lot of, of rain in, in, the, uh, in the east, in the uh, northeast in particular. 
And uh, so that start with uh, DeGrom uh, going up against Sean Newcomb, Mets Braves. Uh, for that one, there is a 38% chance of precipitation for first pitch at City Field. And holding pretty steady uh, around that level throughout the night. Uh, and uh, again, got to give credit here, Roto Grinders, uh, their weather page. You can, it's uh, what I'm checking right now. That's what you can check back on. If you're uh, concerned about DeGrom or Newcomb or any Mets or Braves tonight, uh, that one could be in question due to the weather. All righty. Uh, so going to take a look, one of our last looks at uh, some standout performances from uh from uh, Thursday's game, or I'm sorry, from Tuesday's games. Uh, I'm already forced fa- uh, fast-forwarding through the season here. And again, at this point, you know, if look, if you're in a weekly league, you've got no more lineup decisions to make. But for daily leagues, uh, you know, somebody who's on a hot streak or somebody who's cold, that might uh, weigh your uh, decision or influence your decision. And so that could be the case maybe for David Dahl, uh, who had a three-hit game against the Phillies, including his 12th home run of the season. And he's notable not only because he had a good game on Tuesday, not only because he's hitting 304 over his last 15 games, but because the rest of the Rockies' schedule uh, is all facing right-handed starting pitchers. So Dahl's going to get his playing time. Uh, he's playing well. Probably would like to see maybe a little bit more power from him lately, but you can't really complain. Uh, and so you're you're going to have the remaining five games all at Coors Field, all against right-handed starters. Uh, tonight it's going to be Nick Pavetta. Then uh, they'll uh, close out that series with the Phillies facing Jake Arrieta. And then with a, a weekend series against the Nationals in Colorado, Joe Ross, Steven Strasburg, and Eric Fetty. So really out of those five, the only one where you might have some concern of, you know, well, this is too tough of a matchup could be Strasburg. The rest of them. I mean, there's you know not a terrible matchup, uh, or I should say, not a great matchup in terms of facing a terrible pitcher, but uh, a, a bunch of varieties and and only one that's really only a, a top shelf variety. So looks like a good time to be starting David Dahl if you still can. Uh, Trevor Story, by the way, in that same game went 0 for 4, but in his return on Monday night, he went 2 for 5. So. A little bit of a mixed bag for Trevor Story so far, but the fact that he had uh, you know a good game coming right back uh, from his injury, one that looked like that was going to end his season and then some, uh, th- th- you'll you'll take that. I think <laughs> you know, I think you could look at that as a uh, as a net positive. Uh, now we talked about Dahl and facing all those righties. Ryan O'Hearn, a, a pretty rough week last week, uh, and particularly with a, a few lefties on the Royals schedule. The Schedule is, I don't I don't know if I want to say it's more um, favorable, and I'll explain why in a, sec- in a second, but at least going forward, O'Hearn should face quite a few righties. And on uh, Tuesday, uh, got, got back uh, in the hot column with his 12th home run and his ninth double of the year at Cincinnati. Now, tonight it's going to be Cody Reed. Uh, a left-hander and a left-hander who's been really good uh, lately. So uh, I would not start Ryan O'Hearn tonight. But then after that, uh, four games against the Indians. And the uh, Thursday game, Josh Tomlin's the starter. So you got uh, a righty who, frankly, is not very good. You've got a bullpen that's improved, 
but uh, still has some weaknesses. So I think there's an opportunity there for O'Hearn to have a good game on Thursday. But then the weekend is Clevenger, Kluber, and Carrasco. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, you're banking on O'Hearn maybe doing a little bit of damage against the bullpen. But uh, I would say a borderline start at best over the weekend, uh, despite the fact that there's a bunch of righties. And then Brandon Lau, um, he's had a rough go of it lately. So maybe snapping out of it on Tuesday with a three-hit game against the Yankees. Uh, three for three with a, a walk and a pair of doubles. He's now up to six doubles on the year. Uh, but coming into that game, his previous 14 uh, games, Lau was seven for 39 with 12 strikeouts. So that's uh, pretty discouraging. I, I think I would, you know, wait and see if maybe he could have another good game before getting him in the lineup again. And, um, you know, certainly needs to cut back on the strikeouts. Has hit three home runs over that period. So if you just cut back on the case, the power hasn't really gone away for Brandon Lau. So there is some hope that he could uh, still help you even with just a little bit of time uh, left this season. And for the Rays, uh, by the way, they'll finish up with two more games against the Yankees, Tanaka and Sabathia, and then uh, finish up against the Blue Jays, uh, Pannoni, Barucki, Barucki, excuse me, and Marco Estrada. So, uh, particularly at once, once you're through Tanaka, the matchups aren't, aren't too bad. Uh, so something to consider there. And, uh, let's take a look at some of the pitchers. Uh, Chris Archer finishing very, very strong, uh, went six innings scoreless against the Cubs. So tough matchup, six scoreless innings on four hits and a couple of walks and nine strikeouts. So, Four of his last five starts have been really good. They've been quality starts, and they've been good quality starts, which I know sounds redundant, but you know what I mean, I think. Uh, over the, the span of those five starts in September, Archer's got a 270 ERA, and over 30 innings has allowed just 23 hits, has struck out 36 batters, and walked nine, which is a a fair uh, a fair ratio. Not great, but, but it's fair. And uh, so, you know, a good finish for, for Archer, but... Going back to the two early mocks, uh, owners have not been very impressed with Archer and I think have been been really concerned by the inconsistency. His ADP in those uh, across those nine leagues uh, is 126. So he's outside. This is a 12-team league. So he's outside the top, just barely outside the top uh, first 10 rounds and uh, has been in the first 10 rounds in only one out of the nine leagues. That's incredible to me. Uh, So I I think, uh, you know, if this is any sort of indication of how, uh, you know, fantasy owners are going to value players come March, uh, you know, there's, there's some upside there. A lot of, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a ridiculous understatement actually. Uh, And I understand, I understand the concerns about Archer and, trying to figure out who's the real Chris Archer because he's had some some really good periods this year and some just dreadful periods. But I think once you're talking about the starting pitching pool, once you're through the first 10 rounds and people are typically at that point really addressing the, the back half of their rotation and you can get a Chris Archer who at times this year has looked like, uh, you know, certainly I would say not an ace, but a number two starter. And in the past has shown uh, that that kind of quality, and to get that pitcher 
and like the 11th round. <laughs> uh, yeah, sign me up. I, I might be owning a lot of Chris Archer next year if this is uh, any sort of indication. And then uh, just a couple of pitchers who went yesterday, uh, almost completely available in leagues. Both are going to be making starts on Sunday. Uh, this is, We're talking pretty much ale-only stuff here. But in the uh, – well, first we'll start with uh, the uh, Tigers and uh, – well, actually, no. I'm sorry, they faced each other. Uh, the Tigers versus the Twins. Now, uh, it was Spencer Turnbull and then Cole Stewart. But Stewart came in as a primary pitcher – after Gabriel Moya uh, opened with an inning of work. But it was, in a sense, really a, a pitcher's duel between the two of them. Turnbull went six innings, giving up a run on six hits and a walk with 5K. So a good start for Spencer, Spencer Turnbull after not doing very well in his first major league start um, just a few days back. So as of right now, he would get the Brewers this Sunday. Um, and again, I mean, this is... AL only. But if I'm choosing between Turnbull and Stewart, I think I'd actually go Turnbull. Uh, because uh, he's, well, he's not getting many ground balls in a you know, very limited number of innings in the majors. But as a minor leaguer, pretty good ground ball pitcher. Had a, a you know fairly nice season in the minors this year. Mostly a double A. But, uh, you know, again, not anybody I'm saying go out and, and run out and get, in, even in, in a really deep league, and certainly in any kind of standard league, he's, he should absolutely, uh, Turnbull should absolutely be uh, off your radar. But, um, you know, not, not, uh, not completely irrelevant uh, for, for AL-only leagues that might have uh, daily lineups. Now, Cole Stewart. He might actually look like the better candidate because this isn't just the first good start for him. Now, uh, in the start against the Tigers, and, and bear in mind that the Tigers have been a very favorable matchup, but six scoreless innings for Stewart, only two hits, no walks, five uh, five strikeouts. So really, really nice start for Stewart. And that lowers his ERA in September down to 133. He's given up just 10 hits in 20 and a third innings. But here's where uh, it starts to get uh, a little bit ugly. Uh, so Cole Stewart, again, a 1.33 ERA for the month so far, but he's got 13 strikeouts in 20 and a third innings and nine walks. Both pretty bad ratios. So how is he doing it? Pretty much how you would expect that. You know, when a pitcher is not striking batters out, they're putting too many runners on, uh, if they're getting it done, they're, they're usually getting it done with soft contact. And uh, Stewart has a 50% ground ball rate this month. He has been a ground ball pitcher uh, in the minors. So uh, unlike Turnbull, he's actually showing that skill in the majors. His hard contact rate this month, 26%. And he does get a fairly uh, favorable matchup on Sunday against the White Sox. But like I said, a choice between the two. I think I'd actually rather roll the dice with Turnbull, but... Uh, in most leagues, I'm still ignoring both, but uh, you know, at this point, pretty much everybody else that that's you know pitched the last couple of days, you, you know who they are, you know what the deal is. So uh, I'm going to focus on those two. Anyways, uh, one more thing I do want to uh, touch upon here uh, for the show. Uh, I did not solicit emails. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't solicit emails, but what I meant to say is I didn't solicit Twitter questions for the show. It's too late for that. Uh, I. I uh, was was done with that on Monday, but I saw I received a, a Twitter question that I actually thought was really perfect for the show. It was something I was thinking of addressing anyway, so I'm going to get out ahead of it and uh, 
answer it now. And the question was about um, players who could be sleepers for the weekend. And uh, I, I, there were there now. This particular fancy owner is in a quality starts league, so that maybe skewed the answer just a little bit. Because one of the, the the players that I do like this weekend, particularly for quality starts, if his quality starts in lieu of or maybe in addition to wins, is Ryan Barucki, because he's been on a really nice run. And I, I talked about him on a recent show, I believe probably after his most recent start. Uh, so he's got the the Rays and the scheduled starter going against him is Blake Snell. So that's why I'm qualifying this and saying, if you're in a quality start league, um, this is you know, this is much more relevant than if you're trying to get wins uh, is, uh, you know, as much as Barucki has been impressive the last few starts, uh, I'm not expecting him to, uh, uh, you know, rival Blake Snell. So, uh, but that said, Barucki has a 305 ERA over his last four starts. Uh, I'm sorry, over his last six starts. Over the last four, it's 1.98. And in those four starts, he has a 58% ground ball rate and a 22% hard contact rate. So, you know, maybe he can come close to to dueling with Blake Snell. I mean, that's not anything you can really ask of most starters in the American League. But, you know, he could hold his own enough to at least get a quality start and, and put up some good stats otherwise. Another pitcher I would consider... And this one's a little trickier because he's mostly not been very good lately. But Trevor Richards is coming off of a really strong start against the Reds where he uh, threw seven scoreless innings, got nine strikeouts. And Trevor Richards has the Mets this weekend at City Field. And City Field has been really, really tough on hitters this year. So I think the combination, really more so of the venue, but the fact that uh, Trevor Richards is coming off of a very good start that, um, I mean, if it's really, really tight, uh, I, I, I wouldn't feel good about trusting him, but, um, you know, maybe if you're trying to come from behind, could be a nice sneaky move to, uh, use Trevor Richards on his start is on Saturday. And so is Barucky's start against the Rays, both on Saturday. And then a couple of hitters to look at this weekend, one team that stood out in terms of hitter matchups. Well, I should say two teams, or the Twins and the White Sox, because they've got a doubleheader on Friday, so there's going to be four games this weekend. But I really, you know, the the White Sox actually, uh, you know, they've got they've got Giolito and Lopez going in that um, in that doubleheader. Dylan Covey's been better lately. He's going to pitch on Sunday. Carlos Rodon's been bad lately. He's uh, the other starter in that series. But I actually like the matchups against the Twins better where after Jose Barrios, you're going to see uh, uh, Jong, uh Gibson, and Stewart. And I talked about Stewart earlier and how I'm not really trusting him. So a couple of pretty good matchups there, uh, other than Barrios and Gibson. Four games uh, as opposed to three for, for every other team. And two hitters that have really done well uh, against righties. And... Uh, uh, Rodon will be the only lefty that's going to pitch in that series. So two hitters on the White Sox that have fared really well against righties are Daniel Palka and Omar Narvaez. Uh, so you might consider starting them this weekend. Plus they've been hitting for pretty well lately as well. So Palka and Narvaez, I would end that, uh, add that to the list of uh, weekend sleepers. So uh, hopefully a few names to tuck away as you head into the weekend uh, in your daily 
daily lineup leagues. So, uh, you know, with those uh, weekend thoughts in mind, um, I'm going to call it a day here. And uh, I will be back on Friday. As I said, Matt Modica will be joining me, so you'd be absolutely sure to tune in for that. And uh, we're going to put a bow on the season on Friday's show. And just one more mention, no shows next week. Fridays will be the last one for more than a week. So anyways, good luck, everybody. Best uh, wishes to you and your fantasy teams, and enjoy baseball for the next couple of days. And most importantly, have a good one and take care. 